This is Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. Life-Changing Wellness. Here's Dr. Ward Bond. I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life-Changing Wellness, episode number 103. This episode of Life-Changing Wellness is brought to you by Wakanaga, the makers of Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract, quality supplements that are backed by science for heart health, immune support, and more. I have personally taken their fine products for more than 25 years, and you should too. So check them out at kyolic.com or find them at your favorite natural health store. Now, before we begin, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today. Rate and review the show for me, and I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. And I encourage you to look up my show page on RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. Well, my guest this week is Janine Reed, and she is a mother, an author, and an advocate for who hopes to bring humanity to the healthcare discussion to help others find hidden strength and hope in an unpredictable world and to inspire us all to come through seemingly impossible times transformed by sharing the story of her own reluctant journey through the completely unimaginable. In her book, The Opposite of Certainty, Faith, well, Fear, Faith, and the Life in Between, Janine shares the very personal story of life as the mother of a son with a slow-growing brain tumor, the chaos, devastation, search of strength bigger than her circumstances, that Janine Reed shares this moving, deeply hopeful story at a time that the world needs it more than ever to show us how we can come through impossible, intact, and even more our true selves than we have ever allowed before. While Janine's work has been published in the Washington Post, Chicago Tribune, and the San Francisco Chronicle, and is widely syndicated, The Opposite of Certainty, has been released on May 12th. And Janine, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Bond. I'm very happy to be here. I am too. I know that you and I have done a TV interview already, but I uh, wanted to talk to you more about your book. And let's kind of start off in the very beginning because your life took a very unexpected turn when your son was diagnosed with a slow-growing brain tumor. And in that situation, it was filled with difficult challenges. So what was one of the most difficult struggles you were forced to face? Well, I would say the first struggle was kind of wrapping our heads around that our lives were no longer on a predictable course. You know, I, we just ha- were normal kids, normal family, um, frequent visits to the pediatrician for nothing consequential. And then all of a sudden, um, those headaches, that slight shake in my, my son's hand, all of a sudden... Our, you know, the diagnosis came and we were kind of catapulted into this extreme medical situation. And I think one of the biggest challenges is immediate, is immediately finding your people and finding good information. And I think in, in finding your people, I mean your medical team. So how we did that, you know, we did, there was some trial and error. I, I oh, do yeah, write I about that in the book. You know, you, you're familiar with this, Right. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, well, you know, a lot of people don't realize too that, um, and, and let's you, we'll, we'll just use cancer as the example, you know. So with you, you had a son diagnosed with a slow-growing brain tumor, and you know, some people just take the medical care at face value, but then there are those that seek out to create, like you just said, kind of create the medical team for the best possible outcome, and. How did you, you know, when you faced that or made that type of decision, I mean, did that bring you a little bit more peace 
and maybe placing you in a little bit of more control? Well, I think it, it absolutely did. I think uh, we've been with the same medical team now for 12 years, which is pretty remarkable. My son survived the tumor, so that's um, everybody can kind of catch their breath. <laughs> I always like to get that out at front. He's survived it. Um, and so now we, he is a 22 year old young man with, um, who, who goes, you know, we, we go to this, uh, pediatric hospital still, but, um, that's where our neuro-oncologist is. And, you know, I, I think a lot, I, so it's so difficult with, especially with a cancer, dif- uh, diagnosis, but with any medical diagnosis, we have Google at our fingertips, right? Right. And I am, um, one of the, I, I can be one of the worst offenders on Dr. Google and just taking a deep dive in getting information without context and um, information that may or may not apply to our certain, our specific medical issue. My son's uh, tumor is a very rare tumor. So um, it was really important to find actual humans that with phone numbers <laughs> who were accessible to us. And we did have, you know, and I do write about it in the book, we did have a few false starts where um, something just didn't, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like the doc, the neuro-oncologist we went to at first, for example, um, fine doctor has had helped many people. So not like, not a bad person, not an incompetent person, but he wasn't the right person for us. And as uh, you know, if you don't get a second opinion for a brain tumor, I mean, what, what do you get a second opinion for? When we found our team that we're with now, it was just clear. It was just so clear. And I call it a God thing, you know, where oh, the doors yeah. fly open and there's that connection. And, um, it's, it's a remarkable thing when you find the right people. And it, and I think it helps the healing process too. You know, it's kind of like I tell my family. You know, sometimes you know right offhand if it's a God thing or if you just know that there's a very positive vibe there. You know, and especially when you're working with medical professionals, you want to make sure that there's kind of a a a, a great communication. And you're here. You are dealing with your son who has a rare type of brain tumor. So. How did you how did you get a, a sort of a sense of peace within the beginning of this, knowing that it was rare? And you know, were the doctors you're talking to had they had ever heard of it? Did they ever treat it? So how did you face that? Well, they had treated it, but it's just um, it, it, again we're dealing with such a specialized group of people, and and luckily these people all talk to each other too. They have conferences and whatnot. So you're a small group of neuro oncologists for for pediatrics. And then you, on top of it, a smaller group who specialize in these areas. Oh, so, um, yeah. So I think, um, finding a sense of peace, it was elusive at first. And I want to say to people who are in that moment, it's okay. It's, it's okay. It, it doesn't mean you don't have faith if you're terrified. That's, That's really right. what I learned. Um, I, I had to, um, really dig deep <laughs> And sometimes courage means feeling very, very afraid and making that call and driving to that appointment and um, holding it together or falling apart, whatever. You know, I've done plenty of both. Um, and and the peace comes, uh, not always when I want it. Um, usually I'm, I'm a person who wakes up at 3 a.m. That's my magic moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, But I've learned, you know, more and more, I, I learn to be, I try to be really be in the moment. That is probably the most important skill I've learned through all of this. And it's probably the most basic in the thing I was actually the worst at going into this. 
Wow. Well, then let me ask you this, because I know that for the past, you know, 12 years, you lived a life with constant uncertainty. So now as the entire world faces living life in the unknown, uh, do you have tips that you can share for ways for all of us in which you have learned to de- to navigate life of in- uncertainty? Absolutely. I, You know, it's kind of what we're talking about, right? You find, first of all, I think it's so important to find a good and credible source of information. And I think we're all feeling this right now. We are inundated with information and um, it, it's overwhelming. There's just no two ways about it. It's overwhelming. So um, I find a good source of information. I do, you know, do the footwork that I can in any given day. You know, I can, I can, really beat myself up with an unmanageable to-do list, but what can I do today to take, to, you know, to protect my family? You know, do I have the masks? Do I have, you know, the food I need in the house? Whatever it is, what can I do today? And then I think it's really important always to come back to where my feet are. And this is a trick. Somebody, I don't remember which hospital we were in. I think we've been in six children, six various hospitals with my son. But somebody said, be where your feet are. And I took that very literally, like right now, feet, my bare feet on a hardwood floor, deep breath in, being, okay, I'm here, I'm in my office, I'm talking to Dr. Bond, in this moment, am I okay? Because I think the tendency with these crises, and, and especially right now with COVID, we're, now we're hearing um, all kinds of, you know, years mm-hmm. of impact on our lives, our life, you know, all kinds of really scary news, right? Um, I can't do anything about that. And if I try to manage what's unmanageable, guess what? I feel crazy. I feel, I feel terrified because it's scary, right? But coming back to what's true right now, what, what, what's on my to-do list, what's manageable, what's doable, and back where my feet are. And it's often surprising to me when, and I sometimes need friends to talk me back to where my feet are and to run my fears by. Is this a fear or is this something rational that I'm thinking, right? Um, but back where my feet are, okay, my, I've got food in the fridge. The mortgage is paid this month. Back where my feet are, I'm okay. My kids are okay right this minute. And it's coming back right in this minute. Um, and sometimes, you know, I've, I've had moments where I'm not okay. I've had moments in the um, pediatric ICU with my child not w- waking up. And you know what? It's the same skill. It's deep breath, um, where my feet are right here, getting from one moment to the next. And that's the thing also I think is really important is to slice life into manageable pieces. <laughs> and sometimes those manageable, manageable pieces are one breath at a time. Other times I'm just cruising, you know? <laughs> yeah. I uh, know. So let me ask you this, because I love the, the fact that, uh, you know, really kind of focusing on where your feet are. Now, how does yeah. that compare to the emotional acre? Oh, yeah. Well, it, you know, there's a scene in the book where my, my good friend, Anne Lamott, the, she's a writer. Um, some people will recognize her name, um, brings me back. To, she takes me out for coffee and says, uh, this is your emotional acre. And what that presupposes is that there's this pastoral place inside each of us where our emotional lives live. And that also presupposes that my children have their own emotional anchors. And my husband does too. And, um, 
and I need to tend my own. <laughs> and that was the point of, of my friend uh, calling that meeting years ago when, when we were waiting for a very scary, uh, we were in a very scary place with Mason's tumor. And I was shutting down all anger and fear and trying to desperately, desperately cling to optimism, which sometimes you have to do, right? right. But she gave me permission that day to be angry. Like here's the part that you don't of your acre you don't talk about the part with the brambles and the part that you know he who must not be named part of your acre and that's your fear and your anger and that was so helpful for me because um, you know we can't just I can't bury those feelings I've tried <laughs> I've tried I, and, and you know that also leads can lead to addiction is burying feelings um, with substances. Uh, Yes, it, it can, yeah. and I think, and I think that's you know, and I think that's a problem with a lot of people is that they they want to bury their emotions. They don't feel that they are entitled to show those emotions, or at least go into private and ball into a pillow. But uh, we we can't hold those things in. And how did your how did your faith help you? when you were in those times with your emotional acre? Well, you know, I think that as a human being, I put limits on whatever this divine force is in the universe. I put, I, you know, I can understand God with my human mind. And, um, and one of those things, I don't know where I got it. Um, I picked up somewhere that I couldn't be mad at God. Well, guess what? God can withstand my anger. That's God right. God can withstand my doubt. And that's where the title of the book comes from, actually, The Opposite of Certainty. And it's a quote from the philosopher um, Paul Tillich, and it's that the opposite of faith isn't doubt, it's certainty. And so, it, yeah, isn't that beautiful? Wow. Because sometimes, yes. I, yeah, I have felt as a... Um, I have feared that my, I've been a failure. Like I don't have, I don't have good enough faith to get through this crisis because I'm so afraid and I have so much doubt. And what if this happens? And what if that happens? But what I've come to find is that my faith is in my bones. It's in my muscles. And it's, it, the faith is not that it's not affected by those doubts. It's, it's demonstrated. It's not demonstrated by the doubts. It's demonstrated by the fact that I show up another day Mm-hmm. And I spend another night in the ICU. Oh, I, I completely agree. And I think it's okay. I tell people it's all right to get angry with God because the fact is if you're yelling at him, he he appreciates the fact that you're at least talking to him. And, <laughs> exactly. And then as you're getting all of that out, you're you're giving him the chance to come back with what you need the most. And sometimes he can't get what he wants to put inside you until at least you rise up and either get angry or cry your eyes out to get it all out. Then he can come in and fill that empty space that you've now opened up. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been thinking about this too in the, in the context of the current crisis we're in, right? Uh-huh. And there's so much online. I, I've got to do a lot of online stuff as an author. Um, Otherwise, I might be rationing myself a little bit more. But um, <laughs> there was so much immediately about, you know, I was I, I took it in that I was supposed to be grateful. I was supposed to, be, and I love gratitude. I'm, I love gratitude. But sometimes I have to say I'm free, I'm terrified. 
to clear that space for a gen. So there's the first, there's the first aid gratitude. Like I am grateful, even though I feel really mad and afraid right now, but I do see acknowledge gratitude. That's kind of like first aid, but Mm -hmm. for the deep healing, I need to first say, I am really afraid. And I really don't like how this is God. I do not like this plan. And I really question it. And then I'm like, you said, I'm clearing the space and then the genuine gratitude can take hold. And there is, it, it, you described it so well, and I've experienced it. There's a faith, there's a strength that fills me that I didn't know I had, and I call that God. No, oh, absolutely. And, you know, and I think a lot of people just need to, you know, a lot of people have a lot of uh, pent-up anger, um, pent-up, uh, all sorts of emotions that they just really need to maybe go out in the middle of the forest and just let it out. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and 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 feel feel free or at least feel lighter for the moment but i understand that uh knowing what you know from your own experience and are there any silver linings moments of hope that uh you can share with us during this journey absolutely absolutely well when uh, there are a few things so one one Um, thought that's come to me is that, you know, sometimes I hold on so tightly to what I, the vision, I think the miracle should look like that. I don't notice the miracles all around me. You know, I don't notice the grace and the synchronicity, which I, again, I attribute to God. Um, It's like being a fish in water and saying, what water? Because it's just surrounding me. But, you know, what's been wrung out of me is this idea that, um, God, if you believe in God's plan, that language works, God's plan, or um, the miracle should be that my son, that brain tumor is just plucked out of him and it would just be gone forever. Well, it's not, that's not the way this path goes. That's not where we're at right now, but there are, we, we live, I mean, it's just amazing. And the grace and the people who show up. So once I started noticing how God had been caring for me, that my faith is so much stronger than it had ever been because again, I've taken conditions. I've opened my, I've, um, you know, infinite God, finite self. So I've, I've, you know, I've opened up a little bit more to the possibilities out there. Well, yeah. Well, the thing that I, the thing that, uh, I think a lot of people need to realize, and especially when you're talking about, uh, faith and, and you brought up grace, you know, grace isn't, you know, a lot of people look at grace as, hey, you know, God's letting you off the hook. That's not what really grace is about. Grace is in your situation of going through this ordeal with your son and, and, you know, going to the hospital numerous times and there've probably been, you know, good reports and then you're getting possibly, you know, negative reports, you know, maybe surgery and, but God, gives us grace that is sufficient for the day. And that grace can be strength to get through. And then at the end of the day, you're like, wow, it, only God was the only one that got me through today. And you, then you find out like, wow, today should have been really super hard. But because of that grace, it didn't feel that that day was that difficult. And mm-hmm. you knew that there was a hand upon you, there's a hand upon your family, a hand upon Mason the whole time. And in, and in times like that, when we look for it and we realize it, we can actually breathe better at the end of the day, like, wow, God didn't leave me. He didn't forsake me. He was there the whole time. 
Yes, and and then when an additional scary time comes in, and we're we're in scary times, right? Oh yeah. We, we've built that muscle by showing up, and and to look at look at the track record. And sometimes I need a friend to remind me of this. It's like you know what you've been you've been cared for in remarkable ways because. You know, it seems like a, it is for me a daily, it's a daily, you know, the grace comes in daily doses and I need to recommit on a daily basis. And I do this through prayer and meditation to God, to the source, to being, you know, to being a channel of love and, you know, good in the world. But I need to, and, and the grace comes when I need it. And I always, I joke in the book that I would like like an IRA supply, IRA, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, 401k supply of grace so that I know I'm safe. But I seem it's this um, on demand. It's like a, I get the lunch money I need for the day I'm living. Well, yeah, because, you know, the, the word says that his mercies are new every morning and his grace mm-hmm. is sufficient for the day. There's always a new supply of grace every single day. And it doesn't matter if you wake up in the morning and you feel, hey, this is going to be a great day. Or if you wake up in the morning thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to face this? Either way, grace is there. And sometimes I think a lot of people, um, and you know, a lot of people may have not been raised that way and maybe they don't understand that grace is there, but it is regardless you know, if you believe or not, grace is there. God is that kind of God. And, uh, you know, when it comes to, to faith, I know that, uh, in the, you know, with your journey with Mason for the last 12 years, let me ask you this. Um, has faith made it easier and has the journey become easier uh, 12 years later? Um, the journey is still very hard with our circumstances, and faith has made it easier. And it's also that accumulation of um, that muscular faith, right? That, that, right? that like muscle memory of, I know what this feels like. I'm st- I still get really afraid with every bad, you know, bad um, MRI, you know, every right. questionable MRI. And it's not, it's, it's, we're always in a tenuous place. Um, but I, but I can come back a lot quicker, you know, and I, and I have a support structure that I've really built with a lot of effort and a lot of time with my friendships and my spiritual community um, so that I have, I have people around me to catch me when I need them, you know. So it has, well, the faith good. journey has a thousand percent made this survivable for me. I don't know how I would have gotten through it otherwise. Well. Yeah, no, I completely uh, understand understand that because a lot of people need to have a support system. And I feel so bad for people that maybe they, they have to go to the hospital and, you know, their, their loved one is being treated and then that person is sitting in the waiting room all by themselves. No one's there. Um, and we need to have that support system. And, and for a lot of you who are listening, if if, you know, maybe you're walking through a hospital waiting room and... You see somebody who's by themselves, even for the moment, walk over there and and be a support, even if it's just for five or 10 minutes, because it can change that person's life. And, you know, uh, Janine, you know, this is obviously a time when there is so much grief in the world uh, for multiple reasons. Mm -hmm. And now more than ever, we're having to find ways to grieve that are not what we're used to. Uh, is there a risk that in the midst of so much grief, we may disregard our own feelings thinking, well, others have it worse than we do? 
I think that's a I think that's a, an excellent point. I'm 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 sure that's true. I'm really sure that's true. And um, you know, there's <laughs> a friend once told me, you know, you can't transmit what you haven't got. Like I can't show up and be support a support person for you um, or my son if I haven't tended that a- emotional acre of my own. So um, you know, I've had friends over the years call me with their. Um, and, and confide in me that they're having difficulties with their jobs or their marriages, but they always, but they sometimes couch it, you know, but it's nothing like mm-hmm. what you're dealing with. And I'm saying, you know what, it's what's real for you. This is your journey and it's real and it's painful and let's talk about it, you know, and, and somehow bringing air into anything. I mean, even if I'm just afraid um, and it, and it's just, sometimes the fear is just looking for a place to land and the fear is what's alive. You know, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily the circumstance. And I would say that too, no matter, I mean, there will, oh, well, there will be people who have it worse. And, um, and yet you're right. Each of us, our journey, it's legitimate. Our pain is legitimate. Our fear is legitimate. And it's what we have to deal with. And I have to deal with it before I can help anybody else. Yeah, we, we need to deal with those things um, in our own, like you said, our emotional acre before we're able to really reach out to help somebody else. Because once we kind of uh, learn uh, then we can pass that on to somebody else. But at the same time, if we come across somebody who is going through their own or standing in their own emotional acre, we need to show and be more supportive to that person more than ever. Um, you know, so I just had a, a conversation uh, where a lot of people focus on themselves and um, where, and I'm, and when I, when I meet, what I, what I'm saying is in a negative sort of way. They focus more on themselves, not and almost to the point of being narcissistic, but maybe uh, it also shows up as an insecurity. And we have to go through, we need to go and process through that to grow so that way we can be a better person to go help other people. And in today's world, everybody needs somebody to be a support. And... Um, I know we're getting close to running, running out of time. How's Mason doing now? Well, he is doing okay. Um, he had a he had a little a little in our family. It's a little surgery, but he had a shunt revision. Was small. It, you know, they opened up his head and fixed his VP uh, shunts for um, the drainage mm-hmm. and the fluid in his brain. And, you know, he was joking with the nurses when he came out of anesthesia. So I am very fortunate to be a caretaker for somebody who um, has so much humor and grace. So he is doing okay, and um, and he's got a remarkable strength. You know, he's, he's my teacher every single day. Oh, fantastic. Now, where can all of my listeners uh, buy your book and download the book? I, I understand that it has just been released, so it's available right now. It is available right now. You can, um, on your online retailers, it's in all of them. Um, so wherever you like to buy books online. And then during, um, during we're taping this during the quarantine, and I know that a lot of <laughs> independent booksellers are also delivering books. So if you have a favorite local bookstore, they should also be able to get it for you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, look up uh, or order or download The Opposite of Certainty, Fear, Faith, and Life in Between from Janine Reed. And Janine, thank you so much for coming on to the program today, sharing us uh, your story about your son and also as well as your journey. So I want to thank you for that. 
Thank you, Dr. Bond. It's lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, remember to catch every episode of Life-Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes or on my show page at RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. And if I can ask you a favor, please take 30 seconds and rate the show on iTunes. Thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible. And you can download our show from multiple streaming services. Just look up Dr. Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. And you can learn more about me at drwardbond.com. And again, thank you for listening to this week's show. And remember, something spectacular happens when you treat your body right. Have a blessed day, everyone.